0: The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour Podcast. As always here, I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. And today I'm joined by first time, second time, third time, fifth time on the CGA Tour podcast, Colton Davidson. Hand, handful, probably of times? handful of time. Handful times? Something like that range. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Hi. What's up, yeah. Calvin? Good. Good to see you. Virtually. Great. <laughs> yeah. Good to see you. Great yeah. to see you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, doing good. Just living out here in L.A. How's Oklahoma right now? Uh, Cold. It'll be yeah. hot and then it'll be cold like that stupid Katy Perry song. Hot, then you're cold. You know, she, so. isn't she from Oklahoma? I feel like she was talking about the weather. I feel like she wasn't talking about how she's think, into people. She's or how she's from California. Dating is.
1: Oh, OK. I think Carrie Underwood's from Oklahoma. That That's me, true. I don't know. I That's know. true. <laughs> I don't know the facts, so I'll just spit out one that I do know.
0: Uh, <laughs> hey, who, who knows? Um, yeah, hot and cold go. song could have originated from wherever. But yeah. with that being said, we're here to talk about the lack of success for the Dallas Cowboys in the past 20 years. I would say we could talk about the lack of success overall. But, you know, this is one of the more storied franchises in the NFL. I grew up a Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm um, watching... Bunch of games with my dad still would be, you know, I mean, if the, if the, if they were playing right now, I'd be watching games with my dad too. You know, I mean, my dad's a huge Cowboys fan. He and my youngest brother actually flew out to LA uh, to see the Chargers home opener against when the Cowboys played for the Dallas Cowboys first win of the season in the regular season at least. And pretty much, um, they, they kept the streak going after that. They, of course, Dallas just recapped a little bit, lost to Tampa. First for the season opener. And then the next time they lost was November 20, excuse me, November 7th. So went on a a month and a half winning streak. But now of course, we're talking about a team that was favored at a home game lost mm-hmm. in the super wild card round. And what you would think has all the assets to, to make it work. Right. Right. So with all that being said, I'm kind of teeing you up. What were your takeaways from the game?
1: Just, like, I mean, it, it's just a, it was a game that encapsulated what the Cowboys have been in my lifetime since I've been, ai really haven't been a big sports fan until around 2010. And so since 2010, you know, there's, it's wild exp, wildly optimistic expectations. And then usually they suck by the end of the year and everybody's off of them. But, uh, it was kind of that just, just, that's the Cowboys experience this year as they started off hot, then they had a, an abysmal December. And then they kind of got things going again by the end, Dak started looking like Dak. And then we, you know, me and my wife sat down and we watched the game Sunday and I started paying attention at like the second half. And it was just, you know, the coaching was atrocious. And then like, like that's one of the most, it's just insane that in a, a, a team can be a, a professional team can be that undisciplined. And then the coaching staff not even realize it, which we'll get, I'm sure we can go quarter by quarter and break down the game. I don't want to just spill everything right here. But it, it was just a why
0: why the Cowboys suck is was on full display for that game. <laughs> so when I'm thinking about the Dallas Cowboys, I think of a team that is led offensively. I don't think of a team mm-hmm. that's led defensively. Right. We're talking about, you know, before you're in my time necessarily as almost. I mean, granted, I think you're closer to 25 than I am, but almost 30 year olds. Right. Is mm-hmm. we're talking about a team that has won two Super Bowls since I've been born but i neither i can neither of them can i remember uh there are multiple retired quarterbacks in the nfl who have got a playoff win before the cowboys do i believe tim tebow has a win in the playoffs before the dallas cowboys last playoff win i could be i think i'm wrong though actually that's wrong that's wrong but it's it's just more wins because the cowboys have a win in this past decade um i believe so Did They they won to get
1: to the NFC Championship game against the Packers on that famous play, or was that just the first round? I think they won to
0: play, I think they won in like 2017 before they played the Rams, if I have that right, Um, when the Rams run to the Super Bowl. But either way, this is, this is the biggest brand, you know, in, in sports. Like the the, mm-hmm. the most valued franchise in sports. It's hard for me to really come up with too much of a similarity or you're know, kinda of like what's equal here? Why and why are the Cowboys not not providing just like the best team overall? You know, I mean this right. is so I go back to twenty sixteen. It's when we had Dak Prescott unexpectedly start for the quarterbacks mm-hmm. when Tony Romo down with an injury before the season. And Ezekiel, he also went off. And at the end of the day, they it's a thirteen and three team that lost in the divisional round against Green Bay by three. You know, it's just it's just a bizarre bizarre ordeal, bizarre to be a Cowboys fan in I don't know in twenty twenty one. Have we learned? I don't know. (laughs) So my history, I have a really weird history
1: with the Dallas Cowboys. So in, in elementary school, my best friend, who I have no idea where he's at now um but the, you know that that elementary best friend his dad was a fanatic ca- Dallas Cowboys and Oklahoma Sooner, Oklahoma University Sooners fan just fanatical worshipped them and watched every game he possibly could so once i kind of got a little bit older i was like well i don't really like this kind of person if that's what this is that's the person that kind of follows uh the Sooners and Dallas Cowboys which was probably a lot of why I became a, a Oklahoma State fan to begin go with. But, and, now, and now I know I made the right choice because it's I just choose pain and never winning anything important.
0: You chose. Versus. Hang on. Hang on. You <laughs> chose spelling, though, because as hard as it was for you to go Oklahoma University, because we know that's not what it is, but it is spelled OU. So they got to figure that out. I mean, really, <laughs> OU's got to figure that out. Your U of O, move on, kick it down the road or your Oklahoma University figured out but hey, go ahead
1: yeah but anyway and so it's gonna be kind of fun to poke It's it's been fun to poke fun at the dallas cowboys for the last since i've been a, a conscious sports fan since like i said like 2010 like ish and but like you said once i kind of like you know now um i get a lot more enjoyment of watching and listening to and thinking about team construction and the salary cap stuff and the nba and the nfl and how all that stuff goes into play like and, 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 the preparation part of the game. And I, and I just like, uh, I've been listening a lot to like Ryan Rosillo's podcast on the ringer and he's had on uh, Trent Delfer, who is a, a high level high school and, you know, super bowl winning quarterback. And it was really fun. It's really interesting to hear him come on and, you know, you hear like, you listen to the sports animal or you listen to just a dumb sports podcast. And it's like, well, they need to run the ball more. Well, any idiot can go and watch a football game and go, Oh, they're passing too much or they're running too much. you know, th- there's not, in, there's not that, well, why are they trying to run or why can't they run? And Trent Dilfer comes on and goes, Oh, cause they're not doing X, Y, and Z. You know, they're, they're doing these different schemes and the, the schematically, they just can't, they're not able to overcome it with their personal, you know, whatever the the more smarter answer is. And so learning all of that stuff and, and Trent Dilfer had a really great, I think it was Trent had a really great of like why bill belichick is the very best is because he prepared like from day one a rookie shows up on his field on his practice field he is teaching core concepts of how to overcome the stunt blocks how to overcome you know the switches how to do this how to do that and so it's ingrained in those players that they instantly know. okay we need to make this switch the player instantly knows what to do and then nothing was more on display than you know the uh Glenn or uh, gosh who was the defensive coordinator of Oklahoma State this year? Uh, Glenn Campbell? Glenn,
0: or right I just have Glenn, the right. I know. Well Glenn Spencer was a former Oklahoma State defensive coordinator. Jim Knowles was the most Jim recent. I'm, yeah. I'm so sorry. You're totally good. Totally good.
1: Uh Jim Knowles, you know, they make the adjustments and that team is so experienced that they could come out and do it. So then you go and you you know, you you just watch the Dallas Cowboys and it's like this team has the most money in all of sports, they have probably one of the best home field advantages. Cause everybody in Dallas and everybody in Texas loves the Dallas Cowboys. So they're, they're going to have a ton of fans at every game. And they have a really, one of the most top of the line stadiums of any, of any sports team out there. And a team gets out there on the field and they don't know how to do very basic high school level stuff. Um, like just me as a fan, like, like just the, the full display, Of one thing, I think it was right before, right before the infamous, they, they converted the fourth down punt. And I think it's before that, the the kick, the punter for Dallas punts and hits the jumbotron, (laughs) which it's like, like, how is that guy not coached to know exactly where that jumbotron is? Cause he's kicking in his own stadium. Well, then he gets to redo the punt. Well, I mean, that's true. I mean, it's like, you know. So there's that. And then they get out there for the punt team. They, they convert an absolutely awesome fourth, uh, fourth down conversion by on a fake punt, which completely caught me off guard. And then they try to get really cute with a team that, you know, I think at that point had like five or six really big penalties. They try to get cute and make the other team burn a timeout by leaving the punt team on the field, then try to, Oh, they're not going to burn timeout. So they try to run out after the officials gave them an extra 10 seconds. I restarted the shot or not the shot clock, the play clock at like 19 seconds. I restarted it and went back, gave them an extra 10 seconds. They still couldn't get the offense on the team. It took a delay a game. It's just like, what is going on with this team? And so Calvin, if you're going to try to, if you were, you know, if let's just say, uh, Jerry Jones brings you in is like, Calvin, how do I fix the Cowboys team? So like, what do you do? And well, I think I know the right answer, but let's just kind of go through what yeah. you thought of the game. And I.
0: So, uh, two things. Uh, Dallas' mm-hmm. last playoff win was in 2018, wild card round against the Seahawks by two, 24 uh, okay. 22. So, I did just take a second to look that up in case you saw my eyes diverting here. But if you're asking me, I would not have paid Zeke as much money as he got paid. I think right. that's what every single person and their brother would say, though. And the Dallas Cowboys were stuck in a very tough spot, to be honest, of, okay, do we pay Zeke, do we not? When I look for, when I look to the Cowboys, like, you know, losses or basically how the season went, right? There are games where Cowboys play Minnesota. They are at Minnesota. Ezekiel Elliott has 50 rushing yards. Next game, they are Denver at home. You would figure an easier opponent. They lose by fourteen. Elliott has fifty-one rushing yards. Right. Well, also they Denver beat Minnesota by four. Defense. And and then yeah, and Denver has right like so. Denver has a good defense. But then we, you know, the next game is uh, Atlanta here, where Tony Pollard is the highest rushing, you know, yard. I think in you know, I mean, at least for the Cowboys for sure, and he's forty-two yards rushing. He's the leading rusher on the team, and the Cowboys scored forty-three points. In the game, to Atlanta's three. Now, Atlanta does not have a great defense, right? But it's just, you know, I can go in. The next one is a loss at Kansas City by 10, where the Cowboys leading rusher is 50 yards, right? It's just, this is this team is no longer built on Emmett Smith or, I mean, really running backs, right? Which is fine. So mm-hmm. when I go through the Giants game, the biggest thing that sticks out is, okay, Elliott, 31 rushing yards, highest running rushing total for you know any of the guys playing in the game right but then receiving yards okay it's brandon you know excuse me it's brandon Ayuk for you know for the niners which had 66 yards receiving but it's 89 yards for dalton schultz like you would figure getting cd lamb the ball before the fourth quarter would be a good idea if he's your best right. pass catcher so the other parts that i go through this game at least is that there's like the win probability percentage graph, which is funny to look at usually. Um, and it's very funny to look at here because Dallas went from having a at maximum Dallas the, at kickoff. Dallas has a 64% chance to win the game. And then once it hits the first and 10 at Dallas to 25, where Dak throws an incompletion and the Niners are up 7-0. And I'm assuming the next play here is basically like Dallas. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's version 10, but basically next play is like, you know, Dallas gets the ball to San Francisco. It turns into San Francisco has win probability percentage of, you know, 65%. And that's it. All the rest of the game, San Francisco is basically going to win it. I mean, there's a spot there and like, you know, when it's 13 to 7 and it is, uh, you know, basically four minutes left in the second quarter where Dallas, you know, was close. But we're basically talking about a a game where Dallas score. Dallas had um, six less points and had forty or you know thirty yards less. But other than that, the stats are almost identical. Same one turnover each, twenty one first downs. T- Dallas is twenty first downs. All of the stats here. Time possessions a little different, but it just seems like Dallas should have easily won this game with as much offensive firepower as they have, with the defense playing as good as they did too, and with Garoppolo throwing for more than 200 yards, or excuse me, not even 200 yards, and Dak throwing for over 200. So I don't... I have a couple ideas of what Dallas could do, of course, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's what everyone does at this point. But I don't know from this game where the Cowboys should go because it's like, okay, the defense is pretty good, but we had 14 penalties and I said, we, but 14 penalties. That's where it comes down to Dallas doesn't have 14 penalties. That's probably the difference in the game. I would hope at least.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, if you, if you just look at the way the NFL is played now, the way football is played in the NFL, you typically, if you look at the quarterback matchup where Jimmy Garoppolo is 16 to 25, 172 yards, one pick versus Dak Prescott, twenty. 28 of 43, no, 23, of 43, 254 yards, one touchdown, one pick. It's like, oh, well the Dallas won, And that's just not the case because you know, uh, Dak took five sacks <laughs> versus they kept Jimmy Garoppolo pretty clean. I'd be curious to see like how many times he got hit and stuff, because it looked like every time they dropped back, he had someone in his face constantly. Um, but yeah, I mean that running, I, I think you could make a case that Zeke is not the same. It hasn't been for almost three years since that rookie and that rookie and uh sophomore season. And I kind of was wondering if it's, I mean, the, let me, let me back up. The problem with Dallas is Jerry Jones. <laughs> uh, he gets in their own, he gets in their way and messed up by taking Ezekiel at number four over in 20 and 2016. So Calvin, just off the top of your head, do you know who, who went, uh, who they could have had after after Ezekiel Elliott?
0: No, I, I don't. I don't. I mean, Jaylen, Dak Prescott me is one of them because he was drafted the yeah. same draft in the fourth round. But
1: so it went. Jared. So here's the, the draft order in 2016: Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Joey Bosa, Ezekiel Elliott, and then right after Ezekiel Elliott, Jalen Ramsey. Um, just kind of looking here. Is there any other big? Any other names that are like actually good? No, there's not any other names. I, I missed thought my argument (laughs) because I thought I was like, oh, they could have had Joey Bosa, but no, he went, he went number three, not number four. But it's just like, you know, for a few years there, it looked like Jerry Jones was getting the idea because he was building a really, really powerful offensive line. And I just wonder if that offensive line is, is deteriorating if it's just getting old, because it doesn't seem like Dallas is able to get the same push. It was, it doesn't seem like Ezekiel, Elliott can get the same running room that he can. And it doesn't seem like they could keep Dak with a clean pocket. Do you I mean, what do you think about those, those things
0: there? I, I think points. you're, <laughs> I, I think Dallas, Dallas has a tough problem ahead of itself here because basically the way that, um, the way that the Seahawks won in the, 2014 2015 someone's going to shoot me with this but basically the year that the Broncos didn't kill them the other the either they won not the year they mm-hmm. lost to the Patriots either the first year they had Russell Wilson right so before they had to pay Russell Wilson that's basically the way to win way to win games in the NFL is either you have one a quarterback who takes a hometown discount of a certain percentage so you can allocate the money other ways Tom Brady for 20 years in New England mm-hmm. or two you have, and what we've seen the most common deal of how teams are getting to the Super Bowl or winning the Super Bowl is you have Jared Goff on a rookie deal, you have Patrick Mahomes on a rookie deal, you have Russell Wilson on a rookie deal, you have uh, Jimmy Garoppolo on an underpaid deal. Granted, with the you know with the Niners, right. you have all these quarterbacks with you know with the lower end deals, so you can allocate the money other way other places. When Dallas won thirteen and three with Elliott and Prescott in the first year in twenty sixteen, both those guys are just breaking out a lot of money was put towards their offensive line. A lot. If not, I mean, not all of it, granted, but a lot, right? To Tyron Smith, to, I mean, just the center, the left tackle, the right tackle, et cetera. And that has to keep a fourth-round draft pick who did not show a ton of great information in college, and Dak Prescott, happy. He's got to keep him upright. Mm-hmm. got to keep him clean pocket. Maybe that was Dallas's year. You, you come in, you got Tony Romo, you got Elliott, you have Cooper, I believe, at that time. And they have Cooper have, until they'd they'd never, the next season. Okay. Um, Miles Austin, maybe? maybe? Um, yes. Or sort of Tavon Austin. But y- you have guys, right? So when they had to... Basically, when you have to convert the money from going towards the offensive line to the quarterback and the running back, then that means their offensive line is not going to be able to be paid as much and resources to be allocated other places. Maybe a little bit to the defense. But in the, the day... You're not able to keep the pocket as clean because you're not basically, you either are drafting offensive linemen that are future Pro Bowlers, which is risky no matter what, Mm -hmm. or you are trying to pay everyone all the time. And what's been proven is that this is not MLB. There is a salary cap, and, and it's a hard cap too. And you can only, yeah, and you can only pay guys so much for their position basically to allocate the resources other places. I don't, I don't think this Dallas Cowboys team was set up to win the Super Bowl, but before the Niners game, you could have convinced me otherwise. You could have definitely have convinced me that they were, mm-hmm. that they were set up to win the Super Bowl. Just because it's hard for me to go, oh, you know what, this team, I mean, we're talking about the corner, Trayvon Diggs, leads the or led the league in interceptions, 11. I mean, that's more than some teams had. Oh, so. Yeah. You know, and then there's Micah Parsons, who's, I mean, got to be rookie of the year, or at least on defense, you know, defensive player of the year, maybe as well, too. I thought that may go to some other guy. There's just so many good things that were going for Dallas besides basically keeping the pocket clean, keeping Dak press got upright. And even then, I mean, OK, so the Niners, right? Niners get to go on. and They get to go face Green Bay. Green Bay does not have as good as a rush defense that as the Niners do. So if Dallas had won. I think they would have gone to go play. Maybe they would have played the Rams instead, but Dallas would have gone forward to, to play the uh you know, play the Packers, for example. I think they would have fared a little bit better offensively, but they also could have gotten lit up too. So I don't I don't like how Dallas has constructed the team, but then again, they have had so much regular season success as of late, and the mm-hmm. division has been so bad, honestly, as of late, that it seems as though time could be running out here in a year or two. I don't think it's running out tomorrow. I think Dallas has another tup- couple of years to get to in a second, but I do think that there is a weird construction of this team for how the cap is spent because to get back to your question, they're not able to keep Dak Prescott's, you know, Jersey clean at the end of the day. Right. You know, he's not running for first downs as much as he used to. He had a great, right, he did have a first, you know, first touchdown in the game that Dallas scored was a seven yard touchdown run by Dak, but He's just not he's not going to be as mobile either way. He got injured. He had a season injury that honestly could have ended everything for him. He's just not going to be run yeah. outside the pocket. And he's he's a really good pocket passer anyways. We don't need. Yeah, doesn't he's, he's not he's not Lamar Jackson who can't succeed
1: inside the pocket. He has definitely proven, especially since that rookie year, that he can he can be the guy that can execute an offense from exclusively the pocket he's proved that the last few years and he was like there was a conversation there in their hot streak like is he a top five quarterback in the nfl and and, you know at the time you have to answer well yeah probably but you know i've always one thing i've heard and dusty dvorak was the first on sports animal was the first person who brought this It's like whenever you're constructing a team the most money has to be going one to the quarterback Two defensive line, three offensive line. And I think you can probably interchange offense and defensive line, and then quarterback. Like that has that's the most important position of all sports. It is like the offense, everything on the offense runs through, it and the and the quarterback can mask so many problems. Look at Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. <laughs> that that whole team is awful whenever he doesn't play this season. <clears throat> so it's just like you know Dallas has got it all screwed up. With I think is. I think Zeke's got to be like the second highest paid player on the roster, is not
0: he? He has to be. I mean, he's six like years, ninety third. million. Yeah, and he might be. He might be behind, you know, wide receiver or you know, I forget. And maybe, maybe Cooper. Although, yeah, I think Cooper has got a lot of
1: money coming towards him, which is why the Raiders got rid of him in the first place, because he's he's always battling a weird foot issue every year and he's and then Zeke has just not been himself. I think there was a leak that he was getting a ribs like a surgery on his ribs or a shoulder or something after the after that game. Where he was play, he was playing with a with some kind of weird strain or something. So
0: I I I I could see that. I don't like how the Dallas has constructed the team, but again, come back to it. It's not on me. You did ask uh, about Dallas you know, basically not protecting the the pocket and what some stats are. San Francisco had zero, you know, I mean, they they gave up zero sacks and they were zero yards lost. Dallas gave up five sacks. I mean, Dak Prescott was sacked five times for 40, negative 40 yards. The penalty deal, though, here when I'm looking at the stats is kind of interesting mm-hmm. because it came at bad times, of course. But we're talking about penalties. San Francisco had nine penalties for 58 yards. Dallas had 14 penalties for 89 yards. So, yeah, I mean, it is kind of like a game. third more. And it is kind of, you know, yeah, I mean, it is kind of the the difference is that if Dallas can keep Dak healthy, right, and keep him upright and not have him get sacked five times, then maybe that changes the whole game. But then again, Dallas is clearly asking Dak Prescott to do something completely different than they are asking for Jimmy Garoppolo uh to do. And that is the yeah, that is the uh, amount of passes thrown in the game. So Dallas is going to have more chances where Dak Prescott's going to get sacked when there are 44 attempts and San Francisco has 25 attempts, right? But Garoppolo and Prescott not the same guys. You're not expecting the same thing out of either guy. I just want to get into the... Where do you think this team goes offensively or defensively from here? Because basically, Mike McCarthy, not a great head coach. Like, we've seen that. But then again, he's definitely a coach that's going to let Jerry Jones be around the team. Right? Be around, be whole hands on the team. So, unless the team is sold or they actually want to hire a GM, I don't see either of the things happening. So, unless... Either those things happen. I don't see McCarthy leaving, you know, next year. I think one of the Jones brothers or one of you know, one of the family members of the Jones family who works for the team, granted, said, Oh, McCarthy will be back next year. No question. I just Kellen Moore and uh the defensive coordinator as well, who I mean, the Atlanta Falcons, old head coach who lost twenty eight three, you know, lead in the Super Bowl, Dan Quinn. They're both getting interviews um, with other teams so clearly there's mm-hmm. something that other teams see about those guys that we don't because i would say we do see that but then again dallas didn't win so i'm not seeing it necessarily i mean i think with dallas what we're
1: gonna probably see the next couple like you talked about that window as closing and i think you're probably right they might have two or three more seasons but I've just kind of, as I've gotten older and man, I'm gonna sound like an old man. It's like the, the true greatness, the true, the guys that really set themselves apart, they aren't, it's not necessarily like whenever you're in high school, like they think about it, you know, the best, the best player on the team was usually like the fastest. It wasn't always like the smartest guy. It wasn't always the guy that knew exactly everything. It was always the guy that like was just physically so much better. <clears throat> and as I'm getting older in business and. And the flying that I do, the guys that are the best, aren't just, you know, physically or mentally the best it's because they do all the little things on the margins and that all leads to like the great success. And I just cannot at Dallas, why they lost that game is cause they weren't doing the little things like, you know, having the right play calls in place, Dak, not knowing that he had to get the ball to the ref, the, the, all those little bitty things throughout the whole, th- the whole game all added up to, they lose by how uh, they lose by, you know, six. So. You know, I just don't see them in the next three years, unless Jerry Jones sells the team, which he's not going to do unless he, unless he, unless he falls over dead in a couple of days, but that's not going to be happening either. Um, which I don't want to happen. I don't right. want to make that clear. I don't, I don't want that to happen at all. <laughs> good. Um, yeah, good. Jerry, Jerry Jones is actually kind of one of the more fun NFL owners. Cause he's just, he's got that personality and he's instantly recognizable one of the faces of the NFL. Where I was, was going with that is, you know, the next three years, because that they don't do those little things on the margins that you know teams like the patriots teams like the chiefs are proving to be um i mean th- that they can they don't beat themselves like they the you know the all classic san antonio spurs that they don't beat themselves they they do those little things that all add up and and equal winning championships i just don't see them being able to do that and They've got a pretty big mistake. They got a, a way to, they got to figure out a way if they really do want to help themselves and overcome the things that they're going to be able to do, they've got to figure out a way to get rid of Zeke or get the production, the 2016, 2017 production out of Zeke. That's like the big thing and take some burden off of Dak. And then they got to figure out like, you know, I, a lot of people are talking about Kelly I mean, I keep hearing more and more and more about Kellen more about how he's an offensive. He's a, he's a real big offensive asset to them. But it's kind of dumb that CeeDee Lamb has one carry for five yards and he has one catch for 21 yards. And granted that one catch in the fourth quarter was a really big one, but that just doesn't make any sense how you can't get your number one guy a big time catch. Or, you know, more than two touches for the whole game in a playoff game. It's just like that I mean, that's gotta be the number one question of any interview of like, how come CD lamb didn't get the ball? What, did, what were you doing? What was the game plan? What, what did they t- What did the defense take away? You know, that's one thing I'm learning is that there's gotta be some kind of layer or wrinkle that Dak and the offense is seeing that is leading to CD lamb not getting the ball. But I, I want to know what, what, what were you guys seeing? Why did he not get the ball? Were they running some coverage? Was there something cause it's, you can't just hand it to him, but there's gotta be a way to do it. Am I making any sense? Am I just a oh, incoherent? You definitely are. Or?
0: I saw so I, when I uh, I did not play football growing up. So, I mean, I played flag football. So great yeah. job. flag <laughs> football. YMCA doing great. When I look through like stats to kind of put everything in context to try to learn more about what happened in the game and put it more in my mindset of like, how can I explain it to myself? It's targets. So Dalton Schultz had eight targets. Mark Cooper had 10 targets. Cedric Wilson had 10 targets. CeeDee Lamb had five. And then C.J. Goodwin had one. Pollard had two. And I, I can keep Elliot at four. So when I'm going through all of this, the the reason why is that, okay, CeeDee Lamb having five targets would mean to me as a, not as a football player, but as a fan of the game, that basically Lamb had maybe The Niners' best corner on him the whole game Mm -hmm. because he's targeted five times, but it's one catch for 21 yards, right? Whereas Cooper has six receptions for 10 targets. So still the same, where he has four, you know, he has four incompletions. And of course, C. Lamb had four incompletions. But the big difference here is that Cooper had four more receptions than, you know, five more, excuse me. So I look at it from a perspective of, okay, listen. The Niners offensive coordinator. I know it's not Kyle Shanahan I know it's not Kyle Shanahan because he's the head coach and he's known as an offensive guru, but they got their best player the ball when they needed mm-hmm. to. Elijah Mitchell carried the ball for 27 times for 96 yards. But Debo Samuel, who's a all pro guy, he has he touched the ball a total of 13 times in the game for about a hundred yards. I mean three receptions, thirty-eight yards. And then uh, 10 carries, 72 yards. So if your CeeDee Lamb's getting bottled up, moore has got to figure out a way to get him the ball. You know, CeeDee Lamb comes over and he does an Odell Beckham Jr. deal where he's throwing the ball or whatever across the field. I mean, yeah. and maybe he can't do that. I, I'm not trying to put that in there without any other context. I'm just going through the, okay, so why, why in the world – is this an, is this team built around offense and we have all these offensive superstars and all these offensive names where we're where the Cowboys are scoring 56 points against the Eagles which have an okay defense they're not a whore. I mean it's an NFL defense I don't mm-hmm. you know I mean we're talking about a Bills team that put up could have put up 50 against the Patriots but only put up 6 against the Jaguars so anything's possible Right, great. Right. Right. Different whole context, all type of stuff. I'm sure COVID has some guys in, some guys out when I'm saying that. But still, it's the the jerseys that those guys are wearing did that. And Dallas only scoring 17 against what is a good defense with the Niners is still a weird deal to me overall. I think it speaks on the penalty aspect. I think it speaks on the sack aspect. But I really okay. do think it comes down to how can Dallas not have better – offensive place
1: there's better offensive
0: yeah. like if if kellen Moore really is an offensive guru and teams want to hire him away if i'm dallas i'm like go for it because he did because we scored 17 points in our playoff game like i'm not well, i'm not know, that if, mad i guess
1: we're also so one thing we haven't even talked about was the 49ers they have a bosa on the team right he they have a really good defensive end and he went out in like the first quarter and they lost their best linebacker in the third quarter didn't they yeah. So it's like how you're missing. They're like, they're like the 49 don't really have like a name, like a, a household name, defensive or offensive player. They're just, I think that they're just so schematically sound. And so, uh, organizationally sound, well, maybe not organizationally sound. Cause they've got some weird organization, but like, like the schematics, the, the plan behind the team is so sound that Dallas with the more name recognizable players should be able to go out and, and, and you think compete or be put and, you know, and I guess, you know, I think part of it could be that it, is it part of Dallas's problem that they're leaning too much on that name recognition? Are they not doing enough to get the players in the right position? Because honestly, I thought until CeeDee Lamb made that catch that CeeDee Lamb was on the team. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, he played for OU and destroyed OSU in a couple of games. So that guy was amazing. But and I don't and I don't know. I mean, does CeeDee C.D. Lamb had much of an NFL career so far? I'm clicking on him right now.
0: Oh, Yeah. Yeah, he's he's put up stats. Oh, I mean a thousand he's a yeah, season. Yeah, he's a, he's a big name dude who's on a rookie contract. Again, so coming back to how this is not the uh college football world where we have USC, for example, as a huge brand name and a team that has not had any success on the field. A team that's losing by like 60 to UCLA, who has not a huge brand name in college football, at least right now. So there's a lot more stuff that goes into it because you have the salary cap, you have so much players or whatever, but for a Dallas team that didn't have Dak last year, you know, he got injured pretty early on and, you know, basically has like a bunch of offensive superstars. Michael Gallup, household name, CeeDee lamb, household name, Mark Cooper, household name, Zeke Elliott, Dak Prescott. It's just, okay. All right. So do they also need a tight end? And I would say, they couldn't afford one, right? That would be my comeback. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like you can only like allocate the resources so much. So when I'm trying to think of what Dallas goes from here, and this is basically my question to you, it's got to be defensively because at this point, Dan Quinn, great defense coordinator put together one heck of a great defense this year for Dallas mm-hmm. out of DeMarcus Lawrence and Trayvon Diggs, who coming into the season, no one knew Trayvon Diggs' his name. If someone wants to rebuttal that, you must be a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. Props to you. But my question to you is, is what would you do if you're Dallas? How would you what would you do from here? I mean,
1: I I, I think if, if you're if I'm there whispering to Jerry Jones, you, like it's got to start by resetting that the coaching staff. Um, And it's too late. But I mean, you, you had right there in the backyard, freaking Lincoln Riley. And, that, you know, I mean, no, he's not defensive minded, but he comes in and gets to play with a top 10 quarterback, Dak Prescott, top top 15 at the very least. Like a lot of a lot of teams are probably killing for Dak Prescott on their team right now. Um, you, you, you know, you can figure out ways to get Zeke Elliott in space. And granted, Lincoln Riley has not did not have the la- the same offensive success the last three years at OU that he had the first couple of years. Um but I don't understand how if you're whenever they fired Jason Garrett, how that was not the first call was just to um, Lincoln Riley of, hey, do you want to become the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? We will pay you name your price. Like, I don't understand how that doesn't happen. Does, like That's just one thing.
0: There, there are rumors um, that that did happen. But basically, oh, really? Riley, basically, Riley knew enough about the Jones family that he knew it wouldn't be his team right mm. so, so let me ask let me ask you this from the coaching aspect right so that's that's what we've been kind of been going towards or targeting if you're Dallas let's say tomorrow you can't have Andy Reid Bill Belichick you can't have those two head coaches right you can have any other head coach in the NFL tomorrow mhm on any who's a currently head coach on any team who are you getting right like can't have the two guys who have been you know play, you know playing against each other in the Super Bowl or right. you know whatever you know, I mean, you can't have um, you can't have Bruce Arians either. I'll throw that name in as well. Just because, okay. you know, just because they played in the Super Bowl against each other last year, you know, um, and yeah, Belichick's so been there. Yeah, so those top three guys right. you can't have, but you can have any other head coach in NFL.
1: I mean, it, it might go. I mean, so the first thing that came to mind was Brian Flores because he's actually available right now. Um, there's there is the weird rumors about he was not getting along with Tua. You know, they had the really hard start at the beginning of the year and then they went seven in a row and you can, you can go in and dig in those numbers, but a wins a win in the NFL, it's a win. Like what else? I mean, they can only play with who's in front of them, but seven wins with Tua, however you say his name, who by all accounts is still a really, we don't know what he is, but still he, you know, you got seven wins in the NFL in a row. That's, that should mean something. I mean. And everybody was really liking where he was going. I imagine what he could do with actual resources, because I don't know how big of a fan base or how big how many resources the Miami Dolphins have, but surely Dallas can outdo all of that. That would be the first name that comes to mind. Um, you know, somebody else that might come to mind would be Mike Tomlin. I mean, the guy has made the playoffs for what, the last like 15 years. It was some stupid stat like that. And the team is always like Competitive, and maybe if they don't have a corpse playing quarterback this year, they they might be good enough to be still playing right now, and still alive in that. So there's there's two ideas that I have. What do
0: you, who do you think of Calvin? So when when I think of this this question is basically, no one was going to hire Cliff Kingsbury, no one besides the Cardinals, right? right? So I'm I'm kind of getting at that point of like I go through the head coaches who are currently on, you know, on on playoff teams. So Matt Lafleur. For the Packers is mm-hmm. one Tomlin is another one I think Tomlin is a great head coach I someone could tell me that he's a great offensive or defensive mind and I would not be able to tell you which one it is just to be honest so right. I and I think it's defensive but I'm not honestly not sure <laughs> so when I when I'm thinking about it but Matt LaFleur for the Packers Cliff Kingsbury Sean McVay I think McVay with the Rams would be incredible oh, McVay would be great Yes. um You know, I I could could talk about, you know, Brandon Staley, Chargers, but they didn't make the playoffs. So there's there's other, you know, I mean, um, it is what it is. There's plenty of other NFL head coaches that I go, oh, okay, I take that guy. Right. Um, Sean McDermott for the Bills. Take him. Right. Mm -hmm. I just don't. I always like to play this like retrospective game with with you or whoever, because at the time that always was hired McCarthy. I was like, what in the world? He he did no one see that the Packers let him go and the Packers were suddenly better? Does no one figure this yeah. out? Like, what do we do? Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, maybe it's time to give a different guy a shot. Maybe it is a time to give a Brian Flores type of guy a shot. But I also know it's Dallas. That that's not necessarily the MO. The MO is to hire somebody who's been around and, you know, at, at right. least for my yeah. lifetime. I, I could, yeah, Jimmy Johnson, I don't remember. I wasn't exactly. Yeah, he was an Oklahoma State head coach and then he was Dallas Cowboys head coach. And there was, I think, a f- couple different teams in between. So I, I go through it in a different perspective because I like to ask that question because it's always like the, OK, well, what would you have done differently if you were the GM? You know, because if mm-hmm. you and I today. Wrote down and this is, just for example, the top 25 college football teams before the season. And we had to keep that list updated every single week. We eventually would run out. We would be like, uh, and we'd forget somebody. We would. It it's, just would happen, yeah. right? So when I'm going into the perspective of, okay, who'd we hire as head coach? We'd forget somebody. We would. I mean, we're just, mm-hmm. you know, it's, just, it's not what we do every single day of our lives and no one's asking us to do it. We just do it for fun, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I would also, you know, I'd take a hard look at the Bengals head coach because he's had, it seems like, really good success really quickly really early but then again he's also had a really good quarterback in joe burrow yeah i mean first overall pick zach taylor is the this guy's name so i don't think zach taylor's coming to be a cowboys head coach no i don't i I don't think any of these guys that i'm throwing out name wise are going to be coming to dallas i don't there's a zero
1: percent chance mike tomlin leaves the Steelers. he's retiring the Steelers head coach
0: somebody threw out like would he be a usc head coach and he was like (laughs) <laughs> y'all serious like type yeah. of deal right he's in the nfl he's in a, in a great spot i mean who knows what they who knows what they do at quarterback next year i think yours fingers and my fingers are both crossed so that they give mason rudolph his own real shot starting quarterback going into the season but probably both know that won't happen I think he's had we we, we probably, he's had plenty. He's had he's had they chances. He's had chances. We well, have probably forced trying to make him the starting quarterback, and he just has not delivered for whatever reason. Who knows? I, why. I, I think he's been playing but, the wrong offensive scheme. But what do I know? I'm uh you know having fun talking about you know football on a uh, Wednesday. So yeah. that took me way too <laughs> long to figure out he goes. But still, <laughs> I I think about it from that perspective. I don't think Brian Flores is coming to coach the Cowboys. I one, I don't think Jerry Jones would hire him not because of anything necessarily besides his lack of success in the NFL already. I think it's much more likely of anything that the Cowboys would like go McCarthy and promote Kellen Moore, Dan Quinn at this point. I think that's much more likely if next season ends badly, but I do want to go through the like Dallas schedule from this past season to kind of, as we, you know, kind of, kind of cap this one off here. Right. Sure. So grew up, Huge Dallas Cowboys fan. I remember the Tony Romo, unfortunate, couldn't hold the field goal, you know, type of deal. I I, I unfortunately remember um, the loss in in the playoffs against the Packers when Dez caught it because he caught it. Mm -hmm. No one's going to tell me differently. I watched that game Um, too. Right. So, a bunch of other things. But I look for okay. So, who did Dallas lose to this season? Okay. Buccaneers playoff team. Mm-hmm. Next game that they lose, Broncos, not a playoff team. But then after that, so then I'm just gonna count playoff teams here on my hand. But Chiefs, playoffs, Raiders, playoffs, playoffs, Cardinals, playoffs. So they lost four out of their five losses or to playoff teams. And then one excuse me. One, two, Nine of their 12 wins are against teams that did not play in the playoffs. So their wins against playoff teams are um, actually, and that might be 10. Um, I think I'm, yeah, I think it's 10. The wins that they had against teams that are in, that did make the playoffs is Patriots um, and Eagles. And Eagles twice. That's it. They didn't beat another team that made the playoffs. So, and, all both, both, both those teams are out. So, oh, hang on, they
1: they did beat Los Angeles in week two. Uh, Chargers. The 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 the, all the Chargers know that. I'm, I was I was thinking Rams. I'm sorry. Yeah,
0: you're good. You're good. The, the, you're the, sy- the, close. The,
1: even the symbol is so close to a Rams horn. Like, nope. You guys got to you got to do some rebranding. Nope. There in San Diego. Nope.
0: <clears throat> Nope. Rams can work on that. Rams changed their colors to be more like the Chargers colors, if anyone's curious. But look (laughs) it up. They used to be navy and gold. Now they are not bright blue, but they're getting closer to it. So I I I would just say this Dallas team was really, really good. I'm not gonna discredit this, this season either, but I will say the Giants will figure it out at some point. It, it mm-hmm. will not be in a year. It will not be in two years. But it it could be in three. They could figure it out. Um, Washington, they'll figure it out. They have an Ray Branding. They have Ron Rivera as the head coach, who's I believe a good head coach in the NFL. Who's, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, he's definitely stood strong in his fundamentals, and he's taken a team to the Super Bowl and the Carolina Panthers before. And then you got Philadelphia, who. Regardless of how their head, co- how many highlighters their head coach has on his visor, they're going to be good. They'll figure it out. They have three first-round draft picks, so yeah, Dallas. I mean, Dallas needs to kind of get with it. That's my point. Look, like this, Dallas is, this could, is the time. If Dallas could wake
1: up in like March, and all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson is the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. Like that's a very real possibility. Whenever the tra- whenever the trade embargo or trade deadline is for the NFL. Yeah. Can start like maybe the draft in, in April or whatever, like they wake up and all of a sudden they have a legitimate top five quarterback playing for them, and that team is just a whole different team because quarterback's the most important position. So
0: it, it I mean, is, and and also there could be just a whole other world where Philadelphia just says screw it, let's have Jalen Hurts go for another year with three first round draft picks around him, and then they draft a different quarterback next year where they have the rookie scale for the quarterback. Just like they do right now it hurts. but they also they they don't they're not going to bottom out, but they draft a different quarterback. They use some of the draft capital or whatever they move up. I mean, Philadelphia is going to be around. Philadelphia has more recently won a Super Bowl than Dallas. Of course, we mm-hmm. know that, but they have less Super Bowl wins overall. This is such a great name brand team that everyone roots for, or watches all type of stuff. I you hit me up. Hey, would you want to do a Dallas Cowboys podcast? And I was like. What else do you want to talk about? And you're like, (laughs) it could just be Dallas. And I was like, let's do it. Because the amount of people who will watch, tune in, and listen, and hear whatever, a Dallas Cowboys segment, podcast, whatever, is more than the rest of the NFL. I mean, any other team. It really is. Every single time I've ever heard of, well, you know what? And you probably heard this segment on the Rosillo uh, podcast as well, too. Of, well, you know what? They could talk about the Cowboys and everyone gets tired about talking about the Cowboys. But do you really want me to talk for five to ten minutes about the Bills? Yeah. <laughs> well, and they're, they're a playoff team and they're doing extremely well. <laughs> I, I could have said the slapstick comedy routine of the Giants or the you know, or Washington or the Jaguars or whatever, right? Could have used that or the Lions. But at the end of the day, that's an easy, oh, I'd rather you talk about the Cowboys. I'm saying, would you rather a whole entire podcast be devoted to the Dallas Cowboys and how to fix them, and how to make them better? or would you rather it be about the Texans or the Cardinals right yeah it's yeah, nobody it's, cares it's it's, <clears throat> it's just it's just not it's not the same at all and that's the exact same reason why the Cardinals would go out there on a limb and they'll go okay let's see here do we want to hire this guy Cliff Kingsbury what has he done recently he had Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback but he never won the Big 12 never got to the Big 12 championship never really knocked off any Buddy, besides some upsets, right? Never was in control where they were like the team. Then he gets fired from tech. Then he goes to be the USC offensive coordinator for a college team, and they go, let's go get him. Because they want they want to pair him up with Kyler Murray, which is which is great. But Dallas isn't doing that. Dallas isn't going out and doing something like that. That seems crazy in the moment, and like, how's this going to work out? And you know what? Kyle Murray had a horrible game on Monday night. Against what seems like a really good Rams defense. So I don't know how we'll put that one in context in like a year or two from now. Kyle Murray still is a very young quarterback in the league. So there's a bunch more to explain about that. But Dallas isn't going to go do that. And the other options Dallas would have is like Sean McDermott before he got hired by the Bills. You know, and and Mm -hmm. Sean McVay before he gets hired by the Rams. But then again, McVay's not even I don't think he's even 40 right now. He could be. But he's you know what I mean? Dallas is just going to hire more of an institutionalized guy coming around run the team who also is understanding of what he's walking into is the Dallas team. So I think at the end of the day, both of our solutions are Jerry Jones moves into way more of he's only the owner. He's no longer the owner slash GM. Right. And Dallas is able to operate seemingly. But I think you and I both know that Jerry Jones, knock on wood, never wishing death on anyone. But as long Absolutely. as he's the <clears throat> owner of the team, it's it's just it's just not been a great track record of the past twenty years now, since the year two thousand or two thousand one or two thousand two, whatever you want to start from, of Dallas having success. It just hasn't the twenty year the past twenty years, you figure out all the resources ever imaginable, yeah, that you can have imagine that you can have under the cap space of attracting free agents to come here, sign for less money or do whatever and put that star in your helmet, LeBron James on the sideline, whatever it may be, and still it's just not 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 going to wins the end of the day right
1: well i mean it's it's kind of weird it's do you think it maybe maybe it's like the same problem that texas is having as you hear about all the boosters they want to be in control of the team not necessarily and hire someone who will listen to them and stuff it's the same thing with dallas i guess and it's it's just kind of i think it's kind of sad that you know this team that has all of the money all the resources in the world can't win a playoff game like just like well, I guess they, I mean, they won as recently as what'd you say, 2018. Mm-hmm. So I guess I shouldn't be as as harsh as it is, but like but
0: before I feel like then, this team, it's before then it's a while.
1: Like it, it just kind of feels sad and pathetic that a team like the Dallas Cowboys should be able should be in the playoffs guaranteed almost every year, except for years that like their quarterback retired the year before. So.
0: All right. Well. All right. So I've got one last trivia ish question to bring oh, it back it to the Slim Basketball Podcast, which is how oh, we originally yes. met. I have a trivia question for you. Dallas Cowboys established in 1960, same year as the uh, Chargers, which heads up. Okay, in case interesting. Curious. But it's not a trivia that. question. Um, how many head coaches have the Dallas Cowboys had since the team? I mean, to you know, how many have they had overall?
1: Gosh, so in, in my lifetime that I can remember, so it was Mike McCarthy, and then it was. Jason Garrett. And then before Jason Garrett, it was Wade Phillips doing great. And then he only got it for like a year. Cause he, they, they went 13 and three whenever he was the interim head coach. And then they immediately went three and 13 the next year. And so they fired him. So it was Wade Phillips. I want to say there's probably at least one or two before that Tom
0: Landry.
1: I'm gonna say 10, 10 since
0: 1960. Ooh, Ooh nine nine is the right answer you're so close (laughs) so in order real quick here just in case anyone is curious tom landry was the coach of the dallas cowboys for 28 years um he coached 418 games i mean he's inducted in the pro football hall of fame two years after he retires so i was speaking pretty good he's a two-time super bowl champion um as a head coach of course but going from that, uh, Jimmy Johnson then succeeded him and also won two Super Bowls and was inducted to the Pro Football Hall of Fame two years ago. Granted, Johnson Johnson coached total for five years with the Cowboys, won him two Super Bowls, and there's a whole entire documentary, I'm sure, on YouTube. You can look up to learn more information of why he's only a head coach for five years. But after that, it's Barry Switzer, who wins, who wins one oh, yeah. championship uh, of the Cowboys. And then, since then, it won the Super Bowl championship, of course. Then after Barry Switzer, Chan Gailey for okay. two years. Dave Campo for three. Bill Parcells for four. Wade Phillips for four. Jason Garrett for ten. And this hasn't been updated fully because Mike McCarthy is now the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys for two full seasons. But it says one year. Um, yeah, Jason Garrett was there for ten years? 2010 to 2019, yeah. Wow. He's coached. He still didn't even coach half as many games, of course, as Tom Landry because 10 and 28, you know, you can figure the mm-hmm. math there. But still, uh, we're talking about Jason Garrett having three NFC East championships in 2014, 2016, 2018, three playoff berths, and one AP coach of the year award in 2016 when Cowboys had a rookie quarterback and rookie running back starting. So kind of interesting there wow i mean and
1: that's really actually like nine head coaches for what is that 60 years that's that's a pretty. i i, I mean for someone who i like stability in a, in a franchise and in and franchise franchise stuff that kind of speaks to stability so uh, jerry how long has jerry jones been the owner Does, is that an easily quickly found thing
0: yeah yeah, I, yeah could, I could uh i might ask you to look up that one just because i was going to yeah and set look up so just in comparison here um do you want to guess how many head coaches the Los Angeles uh, San Diego Chargers have had? Okay. So Yeah, nine for the been, Cowboys, Chargers, right. just guess how many.
1: So in my lifetime, I can remember So Sean McVay and then it was uh uh that's a Rams. Yeah. Sean McVay's the Rams. Oh, oh the Char I'm sorry, you said the Chargers. I'm all over the place. I,
0: I I'm gonna go. They're both founded the same year. That's 20, why I bring this up. Twenty three different head coaches. Seventeen.
1: You're, you're, Seventeen. You're
0: not, I mean, in comparison, you're you're not
1: you're not that far off. <sighs> so that's how many that's how many head coaches the Cleveland Browns
0: have had in the last five years, right? Seventeen. Yeah, that sounds really yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. yeah yeah yeah. I mean, it's just a interesting thing to bring up as a comparison tool because you talk about two teams who have vastly different um, levels of success in the postseason. Right. Okay,
1: Right. Uh, Jerry Jones has been the head coach of, the, or has been the general manager and
0: owner since 1989. Ooh, so is that three Super Bowls?
1: Three Super Bowls in his first seven years of ownership.
0: That's pretty darn incredible. I don't know what happened mm-hmm. after that, but that's pretty darn incredible. I mean, so I mean, how could you blame him for wanting to still be the manager? Because he had a lot of success early on. So, I, yeah, I don't, I don't blame him to be honest. I don't. Um, I do respect the crap out of Jerry Jones for trying to stick with it, though. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I mean, I watched Hard Knocks. Uh, about you know, the Dallas Cowboys had Hard Knocks before the season mm-hmm. started, and I was going, "Oh man, um, Jerry looks a little bit older than I remember." Yeah. Seventy-nine, you know. So I mean it's just, you know, one of those things. The photos of them in 2017 that are on his Wikipedia page make him look much younger, but it's just it just is what it is. So I don't know. There's so many more things and avenues we could go down here. So install you this. Do the Thunder make the playing game. There's totally switching topics out of nowhere. Yeah. Do the Oklahoma State Thunder make the NBA. Top five picks in the lottery, or do they make the playing game if you had to bet, like one of the playing games? Which, know, which, what do you think?
1: Can I look up what their record is right now?
0: I was, I was gonna tell you, um, but you can look, you can definitely look it up if you find it faster than I do. But I can tell you right now, yeah, they are 14 29. 14 20. Uh, I think they're definitely top five lottery pick right now. Yeah, it's that's where I'm going to. Also, currently a lottery team here and looking up for Oklahoma City are the L.A. Clippers. Yes,
1: I I love it. But I mean, are you were you surprised? Like, I can we can end with this, but like, were you surprised that Giddy has shown has like shown the flashes he has? Or were you more were you like, this is a bad pick? Like, what what were your thoughts on
0: Giddy? I'm surprised he's able to shoot as well as he can this early. I did not. I didn't know a lot about him. Going in the draft, when Thunder drafted him, I was like, "Oh, okay, seems like a little bit of reach, but why not? You know, it didn't seem like there was just a guy right behind him that would have been the surefire pick. Now, we all can say the what have coulda, shoulda, but I think Giddy's been a really good pick so far. I'm interested to see how he messes with Shea, Gildish Alexander, because mm-hmm. I think SGA and him have to be, like, the dynamic duo, and you weirdly end up trading for, like, the... Th- the guy like the dude for the team that mm-hmm. you put around this nucleus and yeah play it three more years and you see what happens is I think that's the next step here for the thunder well I mean so interesting You
1: just said that you didn't think it could shoot as well he said he's shooting 28.9 percent right now from three so I has he been shooting better lately and that's just that yes. number hasn't come up yet okay yes yes
0: yeah um yeah all, yeah, all so of the, all of the thunder highlights I see are Josh Giddy's. NBA Western Conference player of the month or week or, or whatever, too. So maybe I'm mm-hmm. getting more of that. But uh, I think Josh Giddy passed somebody in three point percentage on the team or whatever. I, I forget exactly. But basically, let me see here if I can figure it out kind of quickly. Yeah. So Giddy shout out, currently 0 of 4 oh. uh, <laughs> from 3 in tonight's game. So not help me there. But he was two of four against the Mavericks and one and two against the Cavs, and then he was three of eleven against the Nets, even in a win, which is odd. But yeah, he's he's twenty eight percent, you know, almost twenty nine. But he shot the three better. His his shot looks better than I thought it would. Seeing the highlights mm-hmm. of him, I was like, oh, not good. But now, well,
1: I'm just super intrigued by like his otherworldly ability to for passing. It's just like he mm. is so cerebral for a player as young as he is,
0: who's like barely older than your brother. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, he's 19. He's two years older than Jackson. So shout out there. But Golden, thank you so much for joining me here. Yeah, no uh, problem. I loved it, Calvin. Love just talking with you. Have to get another one here going before too long, but thanks so much for mm-hmm. listening to the latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast. As always, please follow at the CGA Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more and uh colton absolutely i'll catch you soon catch the rest of you guys uh soon as well thank you see you later colvin